You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jenna Sargent, news editor of SD Times. In today's episode, you're going to be hearing from not just one, but two leaders in the tech space. These two companies are not really in the same space, but they reached out to me together. So today, my guests are Guillermo Rauch, CEO of front-end development company Vercel, and Sam Lambert, Chief Product Officer at PlanetScale. First, I'll ask them about why on earth we're all chatting together. What's the relation between front-end development and serverless databases that makes their relationship so special? Hopefully, by the end of this episode, that'll become more clear. So, you two are both from Vercel and PlanetScale, which are obviously two companies that provide different services. Vercel does like front-end development and PlanetScale does serverless databases. And I usually am just talking to one person at a time on these, but today we're talking to the both of you that are from two very different companies. So maybe you could take a minute to explain why we're all talking together despite those differences. Yeah, I can start from the Vercel point of view, which is we decided to focus on the front-end developer because we realized it was a unique asymmetry in the market, right? The developer that is tasked with taking care of your brand experience, your UI layer, your design, is the one that is really in control of the communication with the customer, which is you know, arguably the most important part of every business. And yet that developer for many, many years has been underserved. The cloud didn't exactly optimize for them. Frameworks until Next.js, which is our open source framework, and technologies like React, which it builds upon, developers kind of had to like rebuild their own SDK, front of developers especially, their own SDK anytime they had to start a project. So the web was kind of like a, a pick your own adventure type of effort. Now, when you look at companies having to create their own tooling their own frameworks and their own infrastructure to support the most important piece of their stack, which is the communication with their customer. We found that opportunity and we created Next.js and the Vercel platform to basically remove the entire need for companies to figure out front-end infrastructure. And what I mean by front-end infrastructure is I mean the frameworks that are the develop stage. We call our motto is develop preview ship. Starts with development with a framework works on localhost, you preview by pushing your code and getting a preview URL every time you push, and then you ship to our edge network. The whole process requires no ops, no figuring out AWS or the cloud. It's completely serverless. And that's where we found a lot of affinity with Sam's company, PlanetScale, because we operate the front-end layer. It needs to connect to data sources. And many, many things have changed about computing in the past decades, but the one thing that hasn't changed is that you still need a database and you need your client to that database, so to speak. And that's how our partnership with PlanetScale started. Yeah, we take a lot of inspiration from Versailles and, and more importantly, the core audience that we both share. There's this new kind of era starting with serverless. And serverless, again, it's a term people sneer at incorrectly, I think, in what serverless really tells us is that people don't want to mess around with backend abstractions and just messes. People come 
want to come to modern SaaS services for the value provided by the service without having to mess around with, with the rest. And, and when we created Planet Scale, we took an incredibly powerful technology out of YouTube called Vitesse, which powered all of Vitesse's database workloads and runs at massive scale, runs at massive scale at other companies like Slack. And we thought, we want to build a serverless experience for this new audience. There's this era now that's beginning, which, and Guillermo and I were talking about this earlier today, you used to pick, you used to pick easy tools to get going with. You used to say, pick Heroku, you used to start your business on these platforms. And you knew it wasn't going to scale. You just knew that like, whether it's the pricing model, whether it's just the technology itself, you take the unscalable but quick approach to get your company going. And that's like, has always been the best trade-off. That's always just absolutely the right way to have done it. But now with this new era of technologies and tools like Vercel, tools like PlanetScale, you can actually pick the easiest to get going tech and the best tech for the beginning um, and it still be the most scalable tech you can actually get, right? And there's this design pattern that's extremely exciting uh, involving the, the union of these products, which means you can kind of go from the needs of you as a day one startup to then a hyperscale company with a massive uh, infrastructure workloads. And that to me is what is really exciting and why as, a com- as two companies, we spend a lot of time together and employees from across both companies spend a lot of time together because it feels like, between us and between the other companies we partner with um, as, a, as a kind of a group that we're really bringing in brand new stack to the internet where we think the future will be based. And, and that's just something that's very, very exciting. So that's why we're, we're here together doing things like this. Yeah, I know like both um, like things like Next.js and um, technologies like serverless are both really popular technologies on their own, but can you talk about kind of what the benefits are from bringing those two things together and like what developers can kind of achieve by with that integration? Yeah, w- one thing about serverless infrastructure and edge computing and a lot of the great advancements in the cloud is that they've been kind of like implementation details of clouds like AWS and Google and so on. They weren't really designed for developers. They were literally designed as efficiencies in the operation of this, no pun intended, planet scale operations that they were running. Uh, And in many ways, they invented incredible technology that scales virtually infinitely, right? Like serverless infrastructure scales horizontally by design and not as a marketing gimmick. Because like... In the cloud, I've been hearing this like infinite horizontal scale thing for many, many, many years, but it's only it's only happened recently that it's actually happened, and the infrastructure exists for us to be able to do this. Now, again, let's go back to the developer. Let's go back to the front end developer. Do those folks know how to assemble the different correct pieces of the stack and of the cloud? and figure out all these crews and gears to make the machine work? Maybe, even if they do, should they be doing that instead of iterating on their UI layer, their experiments, user personalization, and dynamism of their websites? I would say probably shouldn't be doing any of that infrastructure stuff. They should be just working on their product. And this is where it really, this concept of 
abstracting out the the compute and making the experience be truly serverless comes to play. I have a fun example. Well, we have a lot of customers like Airbnb, Washington Post, where their teams are professional developers. They have lots and lots of traffic. In the case of Airbnb, they have lots and lots and lots of deployments that they make internally to validate ideas in experiments before they go out of production that they use Vercel for. But I like to give this example of how a single developer today can scale from zero to taking over the web, which is the, the week that we all remember a ship got stuck in the middle of the canal. Someone created a website called is my ship still is a ship still stuck.com. That person ideated this idea of embedding a real-time map of where the ship was and creating this fancy way of looking at it. It went viral over the entire internet. That day, their traffic surpassed the traffic of NewYorkTimes.com in terms of hits that we could measure and we compared them according to you know, the published data of New York Times. So in one day, a person can go from zero to virtually infinite traffic by using technologies like Next.js and Vercel that have literally removed the need to scale. And when I look at the world of databases, I see a lot of parallels because no one designed a database that was for the developer. Most of the really cool database stack that is out there in public clouds was designed for the ops teams or the people that were struggling with their database to begin with. So as such, you know, they didn't create a developer experience around it. That, that developer that is now self-serving the cloud is now upgrading their requirements and needs. And their, the expectations are really, really high in, in, in terms of getting started with these technologies and becoming productive literally in a matter of days or weeks. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like over the past few years, we've written a lot about how developers are kind of being held responsible for more and more things. Like now they have to worry about security. They have to do testing. Um, they have to manage databases, sometimes like dipping into the infrastructure layer of things. So having something that kind of um, makes those non-development things easier, it seems like it would take a lot of the pressure off and allow them to focus more on like the, the actual development. Right, and that's how you differentiate your business. Everyone messing around with database problems right now is doing something completely not unique to their company. It's a constant, right? Everyone has these problems. Same with hosting their applications, right? Like it's exactly the same as everyone else's issues. And no matter how well you do it, it doesn't really differentiate your product. And we often talk about how by picking the right tools, you actually materially impact the, the, the revenue of your company, right? The more time you spend not doing things that don't differentiate, the more time you do things for your users, which can only produce value, really. Like that, you know, if you do all of this work on your infrastructure and have very little time to do anything else, you better be right with all of your decisions. And who can do that, right? If you can actually have inf powerful infrastructure at your fingertips, you can experiment and play and be more creative. Try three things in the time you try one, 
And that's how you build a more successful business. And I've said this on sales calls to customers, like our value prop isn't just a database. Like we don't see ourselves as just competing with other database vendors. Our value prop is what you can do for your users while you don't worry about the database and how you can, we, our value yeah. prop is we'll give you years three and four of your company life back. I've worked at very, like very successful tech companies that have scaled very, very quickly. And around years three and four, you run into just horrendous scalability problems, just terrible things that just put a gigantic pause on your business. Right now we have a top 1000 website moving to us to planet scale because they cannot ship anything more. Their, their roadmap is entirely blocked by database capacity. And if you think, you know, this is a, this is a company in, worth in the billions. If you think if their roadmap is on pause, that's quarter by quarter ticking by where they're not increasing the value of their company. And so they're having to move off their current database vendor onto planet scale so they can just unlock their roadmap again. And they'll do it. They'll get that time back by what they save um, by working with us. But it's meaningful. It's in, and I think that we're just yeah. going to see companies get from zero to unicorn with tiny teams very, very quickly. Now, a very, so much a very interesting example. I have two examples that come to mind after you shared how this can unblock businesses, right? So during the pandemic, we had Airbnb and McDonald's starting using our platform almost entirely organically. And they, they both had this need of, hey, there's a pandemic and we have to radically adjust our business. In the case of Airbnb, they had, you know, been very successful with renting apartments in cities and helping travelers. In the case of McDonald's, which is really fun, their business suddenly shifted to delivery, mostly through DoorDash type systems like online, their app, etc. And they had stopped selling their highest margin item on their menu, which is a soda, because you have soda at home. In both cases, these companies organically started using Vercel to experiment on new experiences to adjust their business to rapidly changing conditions. Obviously, in the case of both of these triggered by a global pandemic, but at the same time, we see this happening all across the board, pandemic or not. We work with major media companies that had developed themselves entirely in print. Now they have to learn the web. They have to be fast. They have to outrank their competitors on Google. They have to gain personalization and features that they're missing. They have to experiment with new business models, like shifting from ads to subscriptions. Literally all of that is enabled if you can iterate really quickly and all the infrastructure bits have been figured out for you and you're making your developers really happy and really productive. How do you think these two technologies are going to kind of play into the future of the web? I think they're going to define the next generation of the web. We went through the cloud shift and that moved us forward pretty far. And now we're going through the serverless shift and you're hearing it even, you're, we just, there's this constant trend and it's just, you know, it's, it's enterprises now just showing up and being like, how do I get onto this? Right. This is, in fact, a lot of people would say this is actually what the cloud was meant to be. You know, the current V1 of the cloud was 
most of the same problems you you had when you were in your own data centers without having to rack and stack computers, which look, that that is a significant problem taken away. Don't get me wrong. And a lot of companies have captured the value of solving that problem for folks. But it's it's what? It's 20, 30% of the way. There's so much further that had to go. And I think this new movement is taking things much, much further in terms of where the value is and what and where users um, have to be. Like I, this morning, I was looking around at some cl- calculators for, for, to work out some cloud stuff and some pricings just to help a customer co- sort of compare things. And I just cut the, pay, the, the, the pain of de- dealing with these things and considering the premium you pay on top, it's just the value is it's starting to diminish. And, you know, people are now have got 20-person infrastructure teams just to manage their cloud stuff. And I think people felt the promise was to to remove a lot of this burden. Yeah, right. right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the ways um, that, the, that the web is going to change relates to what Sam was mentioning earlier, which is I think once developers are empowered with these tools, the individual impact that they're going to have relative to different measures of impact, like market cap, like you can build companies that are worth billions of dollars on top of all this invisible infrastructure, basically this serverless infrastructure by picking the right tools. I think that's one thing we're going to start to see a lot of. Um, The proliferation of open source is helping that dramatically as well, right? we're both building an open source technology that is way more approachable to teams. It's become the, it's even become a requirement uh, for CTOs, CIOs, as they're starting to um, evaluate technology. And I think the other thing we're going to see is that the web is going to become a lot more competitive with, and a lot better integrated into the broader mobile ecosystem, right? Mobile web is still very, very, very far away from its true potential. Um, And that's because, as I mentioned, like iOS and Android always gave you an SDK to build. The web has always been choose your own adventure and invent your own tools and invent your own scripts and figure out the right script incantation to scale your database. Um, and that's changing very, very fast. I I had a, uh, user reach out the other day to us saying two hours into a post going semi-viral, it only just occurred to me, there was a time when this would have taken down a site and, uh, they're saying like, I'm, and I don't, my, my site's still running, still blazing fast. I don't have to configure servers. Folks are only realizing this now. It's still the early days. But again, like the web had this pitfall before. Like, as this person said, not too long ago, not only were you not adding features and being truly competitive, you were even going down with non-trivial amounts of traffic, non-trivial amounts of reads and writes to your database. And that's why companies, even successful ones, as Sam was saying, find themselves being blocked by their own success, which is kind of crazy to think about, right? Like you're being blocked by having lots of stuff happening. It's the worst kind of blockage. It's almost a paradox. Before we end this episode, is there um, something that we talked about today that you'd want listeners to take away from this episode? 
Stop wasting your time on things you shouldn't waste your time on. You're just robbing yourself. You're robbing your business. You're robbing your customers. Just give it up. It's not giving you anything. It's not doing anything for you. It doesn't serve you anymore. The perceived power you get from messing around under the hood and all that, it's not real. Just ship, innovate. Otherwise, tiny teams are going to run rings around you in the future by just leveraging what's out there. Yeah, I would, I would echo that. And I would add, um, don't be afraid to experiment as well, which is there's a lot of incredible ways to test out hypotheses around new technologies. And I think that's really the key to a lot of innovations. Like, hey, like I can spin up a new page, which is built on next Vercel and Planet Scale, for example. And I want to compare the performance of that and the cost of that and what it enables for my team relative to what we currently have. And that's really the path of adoption that we've been seeing the most. Teams within major corporations or even individuals within major corporations that are trying to push things forward and ultimately our business model and the way that technology works and being developer focused is designed specifically for that. You can start using these technologies with a couple clicks and one command. So the best thing to do next is to try it. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, um, both of you, for taking the time to talk to us today. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having us. Again, that was Guillermo Rauch, CEO of front-end development company Vercel, and Sam Lambert, Chief Product Officer at serverless database company PlanetScale. We hope you enjoyed this episode of What the Dev. <laughs>